Lilith and Isis, two major powerhouses in the divine feminine aspect of living that's within you. Please remember it. These qualities are within you. They might be dormant. They might be asleep. They might be forgotten, but they're in there and you can reawaken them. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today's a fast Friday, so I'm coming at you fast today. We do these as a bonus episode because the normal episodes come out on Tuesdays, and these are just extra quickies because, you know, hey, who couldn't use a little inspiration or motivation? Or we're always up for learning something new or something new about the world or even ourselves. This Fast Friday is the continuation of a little series that I'm doing on the Divine Feminine. And I'm referring to a great little oracle book by Megan Watterson, who is, wow, quite an amazing young lady. She's a Wall Street Journal bestselling author, and she's a theologian and an expert on the Divine Feminine kind of in general. But I love this little oracle book she has because it's a collection of mystics and saints and priestesses and goddesses and trailblazers and both human and divine female entities that really just reveal so much about what the divine feminine really is in all her glory, in all her dark, in all her light. Not just all the soft and pretty foo-foo stuff, but also the hard and the gritty and the raw and the outrageous because she is all that, isn't she? So I love, love, love this Oracle book, and that's why I'm going to do a whole series on it. Make sure you check out the other Fast Fridays where I feature other goddesses or saints or trailblazers. Um, this one today, the two I picked for us, are two classics I absolutely had to include. Lilith and Isis, two classics. Now, I want you to remember as you listen to me explaining to you who these two were, that these all are aspects that we have within ourselves. These are archetypal energies. And it's not about religion or, or beliefs or anything, but it's just an energy and essence. So there's aspects of all of these in all of us because you want to think of yourself as like a kaleidoscope. You know what that is? You know, when you look through those tubes and it's a prism of all these different little it's like a it's like a shattered mirror of broken glass and all these little jagged pieces well we're all that and at different times in your life you might feel different elements or aspects of each and and maybe you even want to tap into different elements and aspects of each there might be times where you want to be more in your kali energy like we talked about last time or more in your in your empress energy or your isis energy like today because she's all about magic, baby. And she is a classic. A lot of people really tap into and identify with Isis. So let's get right into her, shall we? So Isis is the goddess of magic. And her message is sexual energy is sacred. 
My pleasure is a prayer that brings me back to life. Who she is. Isis embodies the pure magic of devoted love. Isis is an ancient Egyptian goddess of love, fertility, resurrection, and magic. Her temples line the Nile Delta in Upper Egypt from the 4th century BCE to the 4th century CE with the closing of the Temple of Philonae. The priests and priestesses who served her were known for their miraculous healing powers. Isis is the daughter of Geb, god of the earth, and Newt, goddess of the sky. She married her brother, Orissus. When he was murdered, his body parts were scattered all over the earth. Isis searched tirelessly to remember him and then used her sexual energy to bring him back to life. That story is legend, by the way. Orissus's death and rebirth were celebrated annually. Isis then gave birth to their son, Horus, and became worshipped as the ideal wife and mother. Her association with magic originates with the sun god Ra. Isis created the first snake in order for it to bite Ra. In his pain and near death, he gave her his secret name so that she could revive him. Isis then became more powerful than Ra and possessed the magic to heal and to prolong life or to give life back to the dead. Wow, pretty intense, huh? So the sexual energy that creates life can also be used to sustain it, something we have to remember. It's significant that Isis brings Orissus back to life by making love to him. The metaphor is that by uniting life and death, body and soul, masculine and feminine, and heaven and earth, a rebirth or a resurrection occurs. The sexual energy that sex inspires exists within each of us all the time, latent and waiting to be utilized to create more life. Often our own sexual energy and power is feared or left neglected and unacknowledged. It's a powerful, sacred life force that Isis wants us to integrate more fully. It doesn't require a partner to activate it. It only takes awareness that it exists and the remembering of our heart to our head, our body to our soul. It takes activating the energy of our root chakra and uniting it with the crown chakra just above our head. Isis is a call for us to allow our sexuality to infuse and enhance all that we say and do. She is the sacred reminder that sex is holy. And what makes it holy isn't marriage or a certain combination of male and female or masculine and feminine. Sex is made sacred through presence, through our capacity to become fully embodied. So something to ask yourself in regards to the Isis energy in you is what does sexual empowerment feel like to me? I'd recommend you ponder that question. What does sexual empowerment feel like to me? Hmm. Something to consider. So the intention is that sexual energy is sacred and that pleasure is a prayer 
that can bring you back to life. So true. Sex is the ultimate act of creation, isn't it? And, you know, that's probably why, well, not probably, it is why I know (laughs) that a lot of uh, monks and deep religious orders would uh, have the the participants be celibate because they wanted to channel all that energy towards other means, not necessarily towards uh, procreation. That's also why a lot of cultures would not want the warriors to have sex for a while prior to battle because they were saving all that energy, all that 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 frustration, really, but which is just energy for for a battle. Um, and, you know, everybody knows the old, oh, you're too tired to, to fool around, right? When we don't have the energy, sex takes energy. So it's life force that we can choose to direct in other creative ways. It doesn't have to necessarily be for sex or procreation and making babies. So it's just an act of creation. You can channel it into anything that you think is productive or worthwhile. It could be work. It could be a project. It could be your garden. It could be... Um, just you know any kind of creation whatsoever all right let's now go on to lilith i could not do this series without mentioning lilith i hope you know who lilith is um unfortunately a lot of people don't (laughs) lilith is known as the first woman her message is i am the voice of my body and soul i choose the life that i desire to live yes you go girl All right, so who she is. Lilith embodies our sovereignty to declare our desires and do what must be done in order to live them out. According to Jewish folklore, Lilith was Adam's first wife. She was created from the same earth as Adam. So when he expected her to be subservient to him, she refused. Lilith explained to Adam that they were equal, made by God. So when Adam insisted again on her submission, Lilith Lilith uttered the divine names and flew away. Supposedly, Adam sent angels after her to force her to return. But she was with the archangel Samuel, and she desired to remain with him. Ancient Jewish midrah, or retellings of biblical stories, betray Lilith as a demon. But contemporary feminist theologians like Judith Plaskow have incorporated women's experience and women's voices in traditional texts with their own midrash. Plaskow transforms the fearsome, vilified Lilith into a wise, empowered woman. And this is like the epic battle that we're all seeing now as so much of what's being uncovered uh, about religious texts so the whole gospel, for example, of Mary Magdalene was removed. I don't even know if you knew that. Just like the gospel of Thomas and a lot of the text between Mary Magdalene and Jesus about the divine rights and the sacred rites of passage, and that's R-I-T-E-S, all of that stuff omitted from the, from the Bible. Um, and you got to wonder why. So Lilith embodies the emotional and spiritual aspects of our unconscious or unrealized desires, sensuality, and unbridled sexuality. She owns her body and soul completely. For many women, Lilith is an icon of freedom. Lilith is the first woman. She is the woman who refused to be dominated or defied 
by anyone or anything outside of her. I mean, how about that for shaking up religion on its head? I mean, we, if you grew up Christian or Catholic, you were told that Eve was the first woman. And not only was she the first woman, but she was the second born, second to a man. And not only was she the second born, but she was the first to sin. And not only was she the first to sin, but she is the reason for the whole downfall of humanity who damned us all to hell. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, what a story that is. I mean, you're a woman, you're born with a guilt trip for the whole downfall of humanity because of you. I mean, wow, I can't even believe that's what we've been taught, right? So it's crazy to think, wait, maybe she wasn't even the first woman. Who is the Lilith one? And why was all the text and material about her kept from people? Hmm, makes you wonder. So Lilith asks, what would happen if you left everything behind? She wonders what prevents you from getting to experience all that you desire. Is it you? Is it the idea of someone you have to be? Is it society's definition of what it means to be a woman? What is it? Lilith asks the question that sometimes never fully reached the light of consciousness. Lilith is unclaimed. She is the ruler of her body and soul, and she reminds us that we are too. And not only that, but we have a sacred obligation to be the body's fierce protector. If I were entirely equal to everyone else, to every man and every angel like Samuel, what would I choose for my life? Hmm, something for us to consider. If I see myself as worthy as the first woman ever created by the divine, what more would I ask for? Am I living the life I desire? Are you living the life you desire? What's stopping you? Am I actually fulfilled sexually in my current relationship? Are there aspects of my sexuality I haven't been able to face and voice? Lilith refused to settle. She answered all those questions within her and took action on the truth she uncovered. Lilith demanded that she meet with what she really desired. And she's here to demand that we all do the same. So the question for you, my friend, is what does the life I truly desire look like? Because Lilith is the voice of the body and soul, and she chooses to live the life that she desires to live and wants you to do the same. Something to consider, Lilith and Isis, two major powerhouses in the divine feminine aspect of living that's within you. Please remember it. These qualities are within you. They might be dormant. They might be asleep. You, they might be forgotten, but they're in there and you can reawaken them. So tap into that energy and maybe just do a little research on your own about the two of these glorious creatures. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And remember, if you want to support me, the best way to do so is to subscribe, leave a review either on iTunes or Spotify or even YouTube, which is Awakening Aphrodite Podcast on YouTube, and share it with a friend. That's the best way to do so. Check out my products on my store too because there's coupons there, and I can't wait to be with you again. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show. 
leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier, and I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at fitamytv, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also fitamytv. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.